huge order. Let's pray. Father, we agree with uh, what John just said, uh, but we also sang it, so we mean it. Take my life, let it be everything, all for thee. We mean those words. And as we uh, explore together the power of prayer, and as we think tonight of your words, and as we share together in worship, help those words to ring in our ears, and may that challenge be with us as we leave this place. So your glory. Amen. I am going to ask uh, Otty just to come for a moment, and he's going to just share for a few minutes before uh, the the orchestra come and lead us in some Romanian worship. Uh, We're talking tonight about uh, prayer and the difference it makes, and I'm sure you have heard, you're quite tall, um, many... Many things about prayer, if you've been in church for not very long. <laughs> I'm taller than Simon. <laughs> anyway. Um, doesn't, and, doesn't really matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been talking about uh, the difference that God makes in our world, in our city, in our town here in the gathering. If you've been through the last few, that song that John led us uh, in, God of the City, uh, we talked about that last time and how we want God to work here in Ipswich and in the UK and in the world. And Rossi's got lots of stories, uh, but he's going to just share a few of them now about the difference that prayer has made uh, for him and in the ministries that he has seen and in Romania. So, Otti, over to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's very interesting that uh, I think prayer uh, could be one uniting factor for Christians. Um, I know that in this country probably have um, more interdenominational cooperation that takes place, than takes place in Romania, where really, even among the evangelicals, there is very little crossing uh, across. There is a little bit, but but uh, if you talk about Orthodox and Catholic, there's almost no uh, cooperation. And um, prayer is one of those things where uh, I think Christians find themselves in front of God, and there is nothing else you can do. You cannot really impose a church system. You cannot impose a tradition. Uh, You can only worship God and pray to God uh, in the end. I remember a a funny story um, with uh, the same uh, character, Jeronim, Jerome, uh, it would be in English, my dad had a, a pretty bad accident um, 10 years ago. Um, he, he tried, uh, although he was 70-something, he tried to push a jeep out of a mud pit. Uh, and someone else was driving. And because it was mud, uh, the, the vehicle slid back, knocked him down, and ran over him. And with a gearbox, broke his uh, hip. It was pretty pretty... Uh, uh, nasty, and in the end he had to have surgery, but in the beginning they thought that they can fix it in Romania, and I remember to this day, it was, a, a, if anyone could see that, would be quite quite a, an image. He was in a hospital, and he had his leg in traction, uh, you know, to, to make it fit, uh, but they didn't have all the bits uh, they needed, so the, the, the bed was supposed to be tilted back a little bit, so they didn't have a bed that tilted, so they put some bricks under the legs at the back, so they would 
put the bed up and down. It works. I mean, you can have stainless steel stuff, but it's the, the principle is the same. You lift it up. That they didn't have a, really a cable from the thing which was stuck in his knee for the traction, so they put some, uh, some of that white uh, bandage cloth. But because they didn't have weights, they put bricks. And he was like that for three weeks, you know, with all these bricks. So uh, a doctor would come uh, every five days and chop bits of a brick uh, so, because he needed to have less and less traction. So I remember some Americans coming to see my dad. They were shocked. They, they couldn't believe that that was happening. And he was in a, in a private room, so he was... Uh, in a good situation, considering uh, Romania. And a brother from, uh, from the church, who was one of the elders, and a friend of my dad's, who is now with the Lord, decided to stay with him there. So he stayed for three weeks with my father. There were two beds in this place, so he slept there to attend to any needs, because uh, in Romania, if you uh, are in the hospital, often you need someone to help you. So it's this uh, uh, idea. So I remember one day I was there with my mom visiting, and this brother was resting in bed. And uh, the name of the hospital was St. Pantelimon. Uh, and that was the day of the saint. I didn't realize that because we don't do saints in the Baptist church. Uh, but uh, the monastery where my friend Jerome was, was doing prayers for St. Pantelimon during that day, and they were visiting the hospital. So Jerome was the chief priest coming, and he had an acolyte with him who was carrying a bucket with holy water, and Jerome had a cross, and uh, one of these uh, uh, little brushes uh, made out of some sort of, I don't know what's called in English, it's a plant which they use when they sprinkle with holy water. So Jerome was on kind of autopilot, so he would just go in all the wards and have people kiss the cross and with holy water and mumble something uh, from his... Uh... So he came into our room. I mean, he didn't know that my father was in the hospital. And uh, our elder didn't know that uh, Jerome knew my father. My father knew Jerome and I knew. So the elder was in the bed near the door. This was Brother Mitroy. And my father was in the bed near the window. So when they, his, the, the door is flung open, this... Monk comes in with a beard and with a cross and with his uh, little brush and the acolyte with a bucket. And his brother jumps from his bed. And goes, no, we are Baptists. <laughs> and uh, that kind of dramatic image woke up Jerome from his autopilot. Uh, uh, so uh, he just sh shook his head. And so my dad and said, oh, brother John, how are you? And now it was our deacons, our eldest turn. He was just like, almost fainted. <laughs> and they started talking. So um, I was thinking often, uh, um, you know, how does God look at us and how we pray? Uh, this man came around to do a prayer. Okay, maybe he doesn't pray the way we do. And he doesn't do it according to the specs Baptists have in their book of uh, standards. Um, but he was doing something in the name of God. So I think uh, we need to consider and reconsider all the time our attitude towards prayer and um, really to consider 
a lot of questions. You know, what happens when we pray? Uh, it, these are not just theological questions. They are also pastoral questions. I mean, is God really hearing our prayer? Um, is God responding to our prayer? Well, I, I certainly hope He is. And uh, I'm here to share with you um, ways in which God um, has responded to prayer. Of course, always in the back of our mind is, is the verse from Romans, all things work together for the good of those who, who love God. So we know that um, praying to God doesn't mean imposing on God our own desires and our own plans. We, we cannot think in those terms. But at the same time, we are acutely aware that there is a need uh, when we pray to, to find an answer, to see an answer from God. So I think there is a balance between imposing God a shopping list or, a, or an order, <laughs> you should do this for me because you are my God, um, and from saying, well, you know, sometimes people pray like uh, going to hunt. I, I'm not a hunter, but I imagine people hunting ducks in the dark, you know, with pellets. You go in the dark and start shooting in the sky, hoping that someone, something may fly and may, you may hit, you know. <laughs> so sometimes we pray a bit like that, you know, we just shoot in the dark and maybe Lord, <laughs> the Lord will answer, maybe not, we don't know. So we keep shooting in the dark, maybe we shoot a duck. Um, I think prayer should be more focused for us and uh, uh, we should expect. And, and I want to share you with you two situations. Uh, one is from Project Ruth. I mean, both are linked with Project but the, one is really remarkable. Uh, if you look at what Project Ruth has achieved through the years, really it's a miracle. Any, any of, of those who have been involved with Project Ruth would bear witness to that. I mean, this, has, this would not be possible for us in Romania in any, by any stretch of imagination because we, we just don't have the resources. But I think it would be very hard, maybe impossible for anyone in this country, any church, just to do the whole thing. So it really is a, a way in which God has responded both to prayer and both to faithfulness and commitment, I think. Um, when we built the, the last building, the new building, we uh, started by budgeting at the time when the euro was launch, launched. And if you remember when the euro was launched, uh, the dollar was higher than the euro a little bit, and then it kind of slid, and it became almost equal, and uh, that's when we started the building. So you do a budget, and we thought at the time it, it's going to be about 300,000 pounds, the building, and always you have more, and the pound was 1.6, whatever, to the dollar, and uh, so that was euro. So in euros we had uh, 500,000 euros or something like that. 550. Well, in, uh, I don't know, four or five months, the euro went to 120, and now it's, uh, to the dollar, it's 157. So for any organization who budgets, is, uh, makes a budget based on a foreign currency, this is always a high risk. You know, you, we use Romanian money, but our sources are pounds, dollars, and some euros. And you are always at the risk of exchange rates. So really, the first bit went pretty fast because we had some money in the bank, but then it became harder and harder. And I remember, and Simon is here, uh, the year when the tsunami took place, we had a, a, a trust meeting. Simon was there, and 
we all, I think you were there at that meeting. And uh, we were all, I, I came with the news, really we don't have money. And to meet, it was a significant shortfall. And uh, the, 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 the only thing we could do in that meeting was say, let's pray and let's share it with our supporters and let's ask people, this was October. So we simply prayed, you know, five, six people who met for that moment um, for the trust. And then we wrote a letter saying, well, we prayed about this and if you think, it was one or two days before the tsunami, an anonymous check of 50,000 pounds was sent to the Project Ruth Trust. We still don't know it was just a banker's check from a bank from somewhere, insisting that they don't want to disclose the name of the donor. Uh, there's no way in which that would have worked in any other way than as an answer to prayer. So we thank God because he answers prayers. And uh, of course, uh, God may have done it without our prayer. <laughs> Um, or God may have not done it in spite of our prayer, because I was thinking uh, the, the amount of, 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 of drama which took place in the tsunami. I mean, we work in a difficult situation, but what happened in the tsunami was so dramatic that you almost say, well, you know, that check should not have come to Project Ruth. That check should have gone uh, for tsunami relief. But it was God's plan. So... Um, for us as Christians, it's such an amazing, uh, an amazing reward when you find out that your prayer is in tune with God's plan, and when you find out that God has heard your prayer. And this is in personal life, but also in our corporate life as a congregation, in our corporate life as uh, people who try to walk with God and find our way in this world as a journey with God, not, not, not as a journey alone. And I think this is what prayer does for us, brings God in our journey in a very wonderful way. And we see that God himself uh, in Jesus Christ teaches us how to pray. You know, I've oft, often been puzzled by people who kind of came up with fantastic prayers and uh, some, some people have exploited them for financial uh, reasons. When Jesus says, when you pray, you should pray like this. Well, Jesus is God, so whatever other prayer and how beautiful it is, the best prayer is still the one God tells us to do, and it's free. You know, you don't have to buy cards or you don't have to buy little trinkets with how to pray this, because it's there in the Bible which God gave us. The other story, which is a sad story, but also a, a, a powerful story, still related to Project Ruth, a few years ago, we had a group of young people from, um, I think it was North Carolina, I'm not sure, from a church in North Carolina visiting Project Ruth. And uh, I'm not sure they were students. They probably were high school, like A-level. And uh, they went back uh, very excited. And one of the girls was especially very moved by Project Ruth and tried to do something. Unfortunately, she and uh, some colleagues of her one of which had been at Project Ruth, uh, had a very bad car crash, and uh, she died. She was the only one who died. She was going to come the next year at Project Ruth. And uh, it was very, very sad and, and, and very, 
how, how do you, how do you um, deal with that in a family, uh, her sister, um, all very young. Um, her parents were, were also young. And uh, these were, uh, the, 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 the girl who drove was from church and a friend. And uh, uh, people prayed, Project Ruth supporters prayed. And, and last year her father and her mother came and her sister and the two other girls who were in, um, in the car with her. And they came to Project Ruth and uh, they dedicated a, a small room, which like, is like a sports room, um, in her uh, memory. And uh, there was a wonderful time of prayer and healing right there on the sports ground. So uh, I don't think, uh, I think prayer is often underrated by us because we, we, we feel that we can do it on our own. But uh, prayer doesn't all, only give us great achievements, but also brings healing. And uh, I think all of us need healing in some way or another. In some times of our lives, we need a lot of healing. Some other times, maybe we feel a bit stronger, but even then we need to be supported. So um, by doing this, I'm just offering uh, two ways in which I have seen God's, um, God's hand through prayer in the life of our church and Project Ruth, both in bringing about um, something which none of us could have done on our own, and also in bringing around healing, uh, healing that uh, we all need. And um, it was very interesting that after that, uh, um, that meeting with Jerome, I visited him. I never really asked him how did he how did he read that <laughs> encounter with this guy jumping at him? Stop, we are Baptists. Uh, it's really hilarious. But <laughs> um, I met uh, him four months later. I was there, and uh, someone was not well. And I told him someone who had visited him before was not well. And he told me this. He said, look, um, go and tell him that I will pray for him here, and you will pray for him there. And in this way, we have fellowship. And I think our fellowship today was wonderful, but it's short, really. But it can continue to prayer, because we know that when we bring our prayers together to God, we are not only in fellowship with God, but we extend our fellowship with one another as the people of God. And uh, may the Lord bless you and uh, uh, challenge you and challenge us to pray more for one another, pray more for what God is doing amongst us.